1: welcome to the legends lounge i'm Trill withers and with me today in the lounge we have former saint mary's knight in arizona wildcat he was an nba champion with the cleveland cavaliers he is now co-host on the road tripping pod he is very dapperly dressed we've got channing fry yes yeah. uh first things first thank you for joining us how are you
0: doing great man just got done uh with another day of work over here at nba tv turner studios uh that's why i'm wearing a suit and tie oh I, I forgot
1: a title so i, I, I apologize oh, did, I, did i forget okay. anything else no no so
0: mondays i do crunch time with jared greenberg uh that's on the nba app that's a really fun it's like the nfl red zone but for right. basketball uh, so that's fun and then we record a show with and myself and kristen ledlow do uh, our show handles. Mm. And then after that, we do a 30 minute pregame show uh, called Game Time before the big TNT show. So, yeah, we're here. We're, we're doing it.
1: <laughs> Did you see yourself working harder after retirement? Uh, uh, it's different. <laughs> you know,
0: I think um, anything that I was going to do, I was going to work really hard. Right. And so, you know, I've done I've done things kind of less. But for me, it's about being efficient in the time that you're taken away from your family and yourself. So right. uh, for me, that's what I wanted to make it as important and as uh, constructive and as uh, amazing as possible.
1: Definitely. Now, before we get into it, I, I do have to ask, do you know what your nickname is on Basketball Reference?
0: Yeah, the Buffet of Goodness. The yeah. Buffet,
1: what, did you put that there? Did you, is that how you know?
0: What was crazy is, uh, I, I think it was either in uh, Portland or Phoenix. You know, you're asked a thousand questions all the time by the mm. media. And they were like, "Channy, you got to you got to have a nickname. And I was like, yeah, I'm called the Buffet of Goodness because I do a little bit of everything pretty good. Right. There You go. And uh, I said that joking around and they were laughing and I'm thinking no big deal about it. And then they put it on the thing on the pamphlet and it just took off from there. And People were laughing. So, yeah, now I'm probably the Buffet of Goodness.
1: I guess, like, a lot of people have, like, 10, 12 nicknames. You have one, but it's just, like, you're just Buffet uh, of goodness uh, now. Yeah, sure. you only need one. I
0: mean, uh, I, I hope that I'm a Las Vegas Buffet of any Buffet.
1: <laughs> there you go. King Crab, uh, like, sure. Yeah, Luxury Buffet. Exactly. i uh, like to ask all the legends, uh, tell me about your welcome to the NBA moment.
0: Dude, I mean, I had a bunch, man. I remember playing Dirk Nowitzki. And him absolutely torching me. I was just like, I never guarded anybody like this in my life. Right. Uh, and then Shaq, who I had you an know, opportunity to work with here at Turner. Uh, it's just like, I was 235 pounds and I'm a rookie. How am I guarding that? Right. Uh, those two guys, definitely. Um, and then obviously I got to throw a Kobe in there. He hmm. gave after the 81, I think we were next. And he gave us 61 or 62. And I remember after the game, we were like, well, it's not 81. So, you know, y'all whatever. got off light in terms of history. Right. That's what we thought. But it's crazy now for somebody to score 61 points, right. but 81, then 61. So, like, just the thing that's how good he was. So it was
1: like, well, hey, it wasn't 81, you know? Right. So, that like Garden, like Dirk and Shaq, all that, that was your rookie year?
0: Rookie year, Dirk, Shaq. This is 05. So, 05 championship Shaq. This is prime <sighs> Dirk. Prime Chris Bosh. Right before Championship Amari, yeah, Right, right. Prime Yao. Prime Pau Gasol. Prime, uh, gosh, who else was just I was nasty? Right like Alonzo Mourning. Garnett. Like you had real, um, yeah, yeah, Garnett. Yeah, I forgot about him. You had real beasts that you had to guard every single night. Like Duncan, think about it. You mm. had to go, Duncan uh yao then in for new orleans you had like david west david
1: west and, tyson uh, chandler
0: uh, tyson chandler and then you had in minnesota for a couple years was uh, uh kevin garnett then you had in memphis then you had like Paul gasol and whoever like each night you were you had to be ready to play or you were gonna get barbecued
1: right so no nights off and this was you you were a three- or four-year player, Arizona, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, four-year player. So I'm 22,
1: but right. I'm six, 10 and a half,
0: six, eleven 6'11", at that size, but I'm 235. So I'm used to guarding centers that aren't mobile, not right, Shaq and Amari. And people forget how good Chris Kamen and Elton Brand were. Like, there were just studs all the way down the line. Mm. Rashid Wallace, those t- I mean, it was crazy. Ben Wallace.
1: So when I guess when did you first feel like you belong? Right. Like, did you ever was a night where you held your own or got the best of one of those guys? When did you feel like you? you uh,
0: I did really well against the Pistons. Um, I had so much respect for them. Uh, Even to this day, I feel like they're not talked about enough as like how good that team was Mm. Um, with Tayshon, Chauncey, Rip. Rashid, and
1: Wallace, uh, Carlos uh, Williamson. Uh, yeah,
0: like it was just like dang, like there are no holes in their game. Um, And then for me, being able to compete against them, I felt like I belonged, but I never felt like who I was going to be for the future because I was too small, hmm. stature wise, and wasn't the fastest or the biggest. I mean, I was too small; and wasn't the biggest to be guarding these gigantic centers. Right? It wasn't as fast as a four. So, how do, you know, I eventually evolved, uh, took some lumps in Portland, didn't really play, and then finally got an opportunity in Phoenix to become who I was for the rest of my career.
1: Now, you mentioned uh, starting in New York. You came into a hectic Knicks. I feel like there were a lot of hectic Knicks teams.
0: Um, yeah, we were the most hectic.
1: What, uh, what do you remember all these years later? What do you remember just about that year in general? Because it was Coach Larry Brown, right? His first year as well, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yep.
0: Yep. 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 Uh,
1: Yeah. So what what do you remember about that, that year?
0: So I remember three things. One, I remember to this day, I still have really good relationships with all those guys Mm. uh, that were on that team. It wasn't that these guys were bad guys, right? Right. Like I could reach out and talk to, you know, uh, Marbury, whenever I work now with Jamal Crawford, Mm. Uh, reached out to Nate. I I got, you know, whatever. Uh, Quentin Richardson is awesome. Malik Rose is awesome. Like, Uh, Jalen Rose, I had an opportunity to play with him, Steve Francis. So like all these guys, um, really were good guys. We just weren't good guys for each other. You know, um, there were too many moving pieces on that team for it to be good. Right. Like nobody knew who was going to start. Nobody knew what type of team we were going to be. Everyone was just miserable because it's like, you know, go through this door and the door is locked and all you have is your fist. So you're just punching at a door
1: over and over you got and over, over, and over and over
0: and eventually you're just not going to punch hard because it's pointless. And that's right. what happened to our team. We just like didn't feel like we had a chance to win no matter, even if we played right.
1: So with the talent, like the guys you named talent for sure, how does that not come together? Like in any way? So
0: I think, you know, you, we had the highest payroll in the NBA and a lot of guys had a lot of expectations. So what Zeke did when he, cause he was our GM was he brought guys in from winning teams, right? Quentin Richardson, uh, Malik Rose, he brought uh, – and then drafted three young guys, right? So myself, David Lee, and Nate Robinson. So you have a vet team that needs to win now, but then you have three first-round picks right. at the same time that need to be integrated to that. And so for me, you, you pay Jerome James, you pay Eddie Curry, but you're asking both of them to, like, figure out how to work together, and it was no right. time. To do that and i think new york the best way to be good in new york is to pick one leader one pack leader and then allow everyone else to fiddle down and i think mm-hmm. they've done a little bit of that uh getting brunson and allowing rj and julius to just be who they are um but yeah we didn't have that <laughs> we didn't <have> that.
1: <laughs> who picks that do you think like is that a, is that an organization thing is that, it's an organization. that
0: you gotta you gotta pick the the top of the mountain and hey we're gonna ride on them and he's going to be the one that leads us. I think if you don't establish that, you're causing a lot of chaos in your locker room and right. you 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 got uber competitive guys that are like yo, if if they haven't crowned the king, I'm going for it. It right. will be game of thrones. Bad teams have house of dragon situations where <laughs> I think I'm I'm the king, you think you're the king, he's right. she the queen. It's it's crazy.
1: So if the organization doesn't step in and you know, you know this is this is how this is the hierarchy.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, it leaves you to fend
1: you for yourself, really. Guy.
0: You pick the one guy that uh, has respect, works hard, is is a beacon of of what the culture of the team should be. If they are who they supposed to be, talent, work ethic, you know, respect from their players, you're going to do well. Look at Boston, like with with Perfect. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like they've had to figure it out. They're they're two different players. They both deserve teams. But Jason said, I'm the guy that can be the MVP. So I'm the I'm the leader of the pack and I'll take that responsibility.
1: Does it or have you ever seen it like guys get their toes stepped on? Like if, if it is a situation where everybody is going for that or thinks they're. In a top Orlando, dog, Orlando, um, uh,
0: I saw a lot of toes get stepped on. We had so much talent. It was bananas. Right. We had Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Alfred mm. Payton uh we had uh i'm missing someone else like tobias harris right Mm -hmm. we had all these guys that were young and they never picked a guy that they were like this is our guy right like this is the guy mario hazonia we had a lot of hype back then Mm -hmm. um but like they never said we're gonna make this team all about vooch or we're gonna ride you know we're gonna you know put our luggage on victor and they just allowed everyone to kind of you know rats in a bucket eating on each other you know it sucks right so I even been good
1: yeah i mean the guys you listed now are like guys contributing to playoff teams they're they're like also currently ball yeah
0: ball. yeah i mean victor obviously had his injuries but at one point people were like "Is he's the second best two guard in the league you yep. know Bucci's all-star yep. he's right he's one of the you know most skilled players in the nba tobias is a 300 million dollar player uh, Evan Fournier's made a solid chance for himself. Eric mm-hmm. Gordon's been on some quality teams. So for me, it's just like, you're telling me that can't work and it only doesn't work right. because you're just like assessing talent, but you can't do that when you have five guys who are all-star caliber players.
1: Right. So I guess, you know, in watching the game now as you do, do you see that out there on the horizon? Like we have a lot of teams going out there. Do you like maybe not necessarily trying to win the most games right now, playing for draft no, position? I you see that setter, right now
0: so. Because I'm um, sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think you see that as much right now. I think you'll see teams are going to be tanking, submarining, digging holes from America to China after, closer to the all-star break after the new year. I think right now, these teams that are sort of there, Sort of winning Wizards, Utah, maybe. Uh, I mean, I'm even what what about Minnesota, Indiana? Yep. These teams that have assets, Oklahoma City, they're just playing free because yeah. the better that these guys play, the more somebody's gonna say, think about if Laurie Marketing or and mm-hmm. Kelly Alinek went to Dallas, right? Right. Think about that. We were talking about that. Think about if Miles Turner. Ends up going to Phoenix, right? With a three-way trade, or you know, Deandre Aiden goes to the Lakers, mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Think about these the, those type of trades. So don't think of look at the middle of the pack and go, "Dang, who really has a chance to be really good? Who's going to snatch a guy from somewhere to go for it, and who's going to just blow it up?"
1: Right. I guess at what point inside that locker room, because you played on a Phoenix team, yeah. That I feel like from the outside looking in.
0: They blow the crap out of that team. Well, opinion.
1: yeah, everybody was like, well, yeah, no, they're, they're this is a lot of, yeah, this is players other teams didn't want. They're not going to win a lot of games. And they want 48? 48 49, yeah, want,
0: 48. didn't make the playoffs, we want 48. So the, the reason that that worked is because we had great chemistry and we had leaders. So Eric Bledsoe and Goran Dragic were our guys, right? Those are our guys. And then Miles Plumley, myself, and the Morris twins, and PJ Tucker and Gerald Green were just going to get in where we fit in. Mm -hmm. We knew each other's plays, and we were like, "Listen, as pros, if you're on a team that's blowing it up and the coach is allowing you to just play, right? And it's not just like showcase this one guy." Jeff Hornacek did a great job with us that year. Mm. He was like, "Guys, if we're not winning, you're going to go to winning teams. If we're playing good, if we're playing really bad." We're going to have to send you in a package to a really bad team.
1: <laughs> right. So
0: Everyone's like, no, we don't want that. So yeah. it's, a win-win. it's a win-win for everybody.
1: I guess at what point in that locker room do you start to see? Because like you mentioned, you know, Utah's off to a, a hot start now. Uh, at what I, point Yeah, do you say like, "We are we too good to tank? Are we too good to?
0: No, I would say. Utah is one injury away from saying, okay, thank, that was good enough. Like, thank you for your time.
1: Right. Like that was fun.
0: Or for sure. Or some, some team goes, I will give you above and beyond for like, you just right. say, Hey, Lori market. I want two first round picks right. this year and next year. Hey, Kelly Olenek, Lori market. I want three first round picks.
1: Right. Jordan so want, Clarkson playing well. Think like yeah.
0: think about Mike Conley jr. On the Lakers. Right. And right? in, in a three-way trade, think about Mike. Conley or Jordan Clarkson or on any of these teams. Think about Jordan Clarkson on Phoenix, right? right. Think about Malik like, Beasley. The right thing. these teams, right? These teams that are like, mm, we got a chance, we're going for it, and we want to win right now. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Look at St. Gildas Alexander. I know yeah. people in Oklahoma yeah. don't want to see it, but Lord have mercy, what are you doing? Like, give him a team. You yeah, would. A team?
1: At what point, if you are, you know, Shea Gil just asked, I feel like we've heard the murmurs, never from him, to be fair, but is he going to want out at a certain point? Because it seems like he's been allowed to develop his game, but like you said, at at what point do you want to, you know, start winning some ball games?
0: Uh, I think for him, he's embracing his opportunity, and I think he's doing an absolute – he's one of my favorite guys to watch. It's just like, how do you get to the lane that much? The only guy I remember in my years – that could get to a lane like that was Tony Parker. Tony mm. Parker would lead the league in, in points in the paint. are yep. like, how are you in here again? All right, six two, well, we six know, one. Yeah, when well, we know you're going there, um, I think some teams just off the rip that would be amazing for him. Right as a one two punch, I think if the Nets blow it up, or mm. I like him in Orlando. Right. If something can happen as a leader who can consistently get them 30 points, you put him with another young team, him with Paolo, maybe Jonathan Isaac or whatever you have to get up. I like that just because of length. Um, I don't know what Charlotte's doing. Uh, I mean,
1: like teams that are, I guess, are ready to take that next step. Right. You don't want to trade for him and have him in a similar position.
0: I have. We have our young guys. He's going to help you win. Thirty plus games. If you got somebody and the rest of your team that can win you fifteen, that's forty five games. Right. That's just my thinking behind it. Now that may be a little bit much, but he's having one of those years, and he's young.
1: Yeah. Now we, you know, talk some tanking, and with it, everybody's tanking now for Victor Wembanyama. Have you have you seen heard you you you're familiar? I
0: wouldn't have won a game. I wouldn't <laughs> have won. <a> game. <laughs> what? He what? T- he's the t- greatest. Prospect in the history of basketball for the NBA. It's not even close. There has never been a creative player by God, whatever God you believe in or none at all, that has come from the heavens, that has made a player that, number one, his teammates love and appreciate. Mm. When he falls on the ground, they run and go yeah. get him. He's a good kid. He's personable. He's not injury prone at that size. And he has an absolute dog on the defensive end. If you watch this 18-year-old boy play defense, he's not a big, you know. A plotting guy, yeah. He gets in a defensive stance. He's blocking three-pointers. He's sliding his feet, moving his body. He has a defensive presence about him. His timing is almost perfect. And his confidence, We I know they show clips of, like, him shooting a lot of jumpers. But obviously he's gonna be skinny. He's 18. Who's not right. skinny when they're 18? Right. It's bananas. And for me, and then let's let's look at the money wise. I think Wolves talked about it yesterday. The minute he comes to your team, your valuation is an extra 500 million dollars. Minimum.
1: Yeah, it feels minimum.
0: minimum. Look what Zion does for the ticket price in New Orleans when he plays.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: It's but ban- look at what. Paulo is starting to do in Orlando.
1: John Moran, like you get that type right. of high pick, what they can do right. for a city, for an organization.
0: And, and there's other guys in this draft that I think are going to be amazing that I've watched. Uh, I think the Thompson Twins, I think that's their last name, mm-hmm. two little six, seven, six, nine guys. The, uh, overtime elite. Yep. I think they are going to make an impact on a really good team. I think Scoot is yep. going to be awesome. I love the way he attacks the rim. I could see him playing with another bigger guard that's a little more defensive and you allow him to go mm-hmm. downhill because uh, most big men can space the floor now. I mean, there's yeah. so many other guys that are really well prepared to make your team really good. This is that draft. This is right. that. What was it? The 0-3 draft? With yeah, Ron where you think it's like just a
1: number of the... franchise changers.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure.
1: So you said you you wouldn't win a game. I feel like that was okay. a, executive chanting talking. But if you're player chanting, what are the players saying? Like they see this kid too, right? Oh, they know it. Yeah, so that's, they, they know. This is- kid. So what? What's a player's mindset there? Seeing uh, this guy it depends
0: coming? on where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> right. If I'm young, right, if I'm young, and if I'm a forward or if I'm a center, imagine that one-two punch right there. Right. Imagine you're like. I don't know. Let me just say, look, look how well Bobo is doing with Mm. Wendell Carter Jr. Now take Bobo and give him a thousand percent more talent. Now that's and Bobo sounds,
1: yeah, having a great year,
0: and he's not injury prone. Look at that one two punch. How do you guard that? How do you defend that? Look at what Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are doing. If I'm that, I want to be a part of that future. So I go, I go, hey, to my agent, my GM, if if we get here, if we tank, I'm going to give this opportunity the best I can to be here if he's not here. Or mm-hmm. to be here when he gets here. Right. If I know he's here. If not, I'm going to go to a good team and I'm still getting NBA checks.
1: Right. I mean, could that be, we were talking some Shea Gildas Alexander, like, hey, y'all been running this, you know, a couple of years. Get me Victor.
0: Man, listen, I mean, they're trying. Yeah. Like, they are trying. Look, that yeah. one-two punch, I think is amazing. You look at Josh Giddy, who's now in today's game, you look at guys, you want to have four or five guys that are multidimensional to win games, who can shoot, pass, rebound, dribble, create off the off the cut. The way they were cutting last night, the way they played against Boston is exactly what I want to see if I'm Sam Presti, right? right? They just got beat because they're out-talented. Right. That's just it. You got beat by a guy who's going to win MVP. It's so, okay,
1: like a team job. that went to the finals, last. yeah. That, that's that, but you put up a good fight, yeah. They play hard, they defend
0: for sure. And you're establishing culture now. If you get victor, wait to see how many vets want to come play with young fella, okay? You think see. he had like
1: that kind of impact? They won't even, it won't even be like he's 18 or he's you know, domestic, like because a lot of them we see these guys, AAU college, whatever we see him growing up. So, him being international, he's, he, he's that special.
0: He's that he is the greatest prospect in the history of the NBA. Who do you guard with him? Who do you put on him?
1: I would say Giannis, and even then, I just
0: have you seen him next to Gobert? It's scary. He's
1: and as he, he fills out, yeah,
0: Gobert, and Gobert is two to three inches taller than Giannis, <laughs> so nobody's guarding Giannis. But at the end of the day, if you have if you're Atlanta, mm. and look what Atlanta did to to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So you have physical four and three men, and then you allow him to come over the top. Why do you think Anthony Davis doesn't like playing the center position? He likes being the off block. Right. So I would do that whenever I play with Amari or Miles Plumley, the athlete. I would want to guard the best guy on the block so that I could mm. just stand still and somebody comes from the weak side the block. Imagine you uh-huh. have somebody seven four coming to block a with an eight foot
1: wingspan. Yeah,
0: what it can handle. That's a mismatch. You got a double team him, but it doesn't make
1: sense. Yeah. Like,
0: Yow. <laughs> like Sean Bradley, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. Uh that is interesting because I you know, we on the outside see this kid coming but I was curious to what the players would think. cuz once disgusting. you I feel like any, yeah, once you see him, you it's hard not to discuss him.
0: Really? If you get an opportunity, don't look at his fancy stuff. Don't look at his fancy mm-hmm. stuff. Look at his approach to the game. If he misses a couple of shots, does he go get a closer shot? How does he affect the people with the people like not around him? Does he rebound around his area? Does he run the floor if he hasn't got shots? He does all those things naturally. He's not lazy. He runs the floor when somebody else has the ball. He gives the ball up early. It's not about him all the time. He's Mm. playing good basketball.
1: Mm. You mentioned, you know, you said you would have preferred to play that closer to the basket position. Is that just like a personal thing, or would that have varied, you know, who you were playing with? Like in Phoenix, would you have preferred to play one way versus Cleveland versus Uh,
0: New York? You know, know, so what I learned very quickly is me posting up, there are players that do. uh, Let me rewind this. I had an opportunity to play with James Jones in, uh, before we played in, in Cleveland, in Portland. Okay. And I was really trying to figure out who I was because Nate McMillan wanted me to be a post-up guy like LaMarcus Aldridge, but LaMarcus Mm -hmm. was way better. So I was like, I can't beat him at his game or (laughs) Joe Frisbilla or some of the other guys. So I started working on three-point shooting. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was like, oh, y'all don't like it out here. But Brandon Roy (laughs) loved it. Steve Blake loved it. Martell Webster loved it. Rudy Fernandez loved it. Because... When I was guarded by fives, that spacing is awkward for them. And they were just getting layups because right. they were getting layups over two and three men. So I started to work on that, but that wasn't the scheme for Nate in Portland. And that's why I went to Phoenix and Amari was down there. So I would guard the five men for him, mm-hmm. right? Or whoever was more of the post guy. And then on the other end, I would give him and Steve... The space that they needed to attack the rim and and play that one-two game with them that that screen and roll, and the big man would always want to help. And I'm right. seven foot, so by the time this two guard to my right closes out on me,
1: you're just seeing over the top of him. yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't even see him most of the time. Right, and so that is where it started, and and then we did a version of that in Cleveland, and we were barbecuing teams in the playoffs. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was you have played for, like, some just interesting individual teams. Does, does one stick out more than the other? Uh, um, thinking back. Yeah, that
0: 48-win team, I would say, sticks out the most. Uh, and then secondly was the 41 team uh, in Portland, where he we went to hmm. uh, the playoffs with loss to Houston. I mean, people talk about Brandon Roy, but to see him on a daily yeah was crazy, like never in a rush, could explode and dunk on you, you know, shooting twos, shooting threes, never afraid of the moment. Like, it, you know, it, pass it was the ball. It was I mean, everything, yeah. everything at a high, high level.
1: Mm. Now, you mentioned the Phoenix team. You're from Phoenix, or Phoenix yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, what was that like playing for that? Because I've heard I like yes. mixed reviews of people saying playing for the home team. You liked it? Loved it. Love it. Why was
0: that? Uh, well, number one, I was just appreciative of the opportunity. And the first year we went there, we went to the Western Conference Finals, uh, playing with some of my idols. Uh, on that team, I was playing with, like, Steve Nash, Jason Richardson, Grant Hill, Amari, mm. um, Robin Lopez. You know, cool still, cool with them today. And then on one iteration of Phoenix, I was on a team with, like, Hidu Turkoglu, Vince Carter, Aaron Brooks, that team wasn't as good, but I'm still like, dang, dog, I had like Vince Carter's Puma <laughs> right. uh, poster on my thing, right? along with Grant Hill and Steve Nash and like really figuring myself out there um, and just the love and the, and the sense of community uh, was something I appreciated.
1: Mm. Now as a, a you know, a Phoenix native, I don't know if you were a, a Suns fan, but just seeing Big the Suns. whole. So, Big Suns fan. The Robert Sarver situation, like seeing it play out live as a fan and as a player, and now I guess back on the, I don't want to say outside, I feel like you, you're you still son's family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess what was your take just seeing that play out? So
0: I think for me, uh, I personally did not see any of the racist stuff. Uh, I thought there were certain times where there was conduct that probably wasn't becoming of a owner. Right. That the stuff that just stays in the locker room. But for me, it was always like what was important was winning for my city. Right. Um, I want what's best for the Suns as a Suns fan, as a Phoenician. Uh, it baffles my mind that the Phoenix Suns cannot get a big name free agent when that's the fifth best city in America. Right. Like, what are we talking about? It was top five, top three or top. Six, winning his teams before all this riffraff happened the last eight or nine years. Um Let's put people in there in a place of power that are going to create a culture that is not only representative of the guys playing, but representative of the city um and representative of the NBA. So that's what I'll say about that. But it just baffles me. Like who doesn't want to go to Arizona and be in uh, 80 degrees. Yeah, so yeah, what what makes it a top
1: five? Or or such a great Uh, NBA city,
0: culture, people, weather. uh, When you're good on that team, the they come out Mm -hmm. in droves. uh, In in the history of Phoenix, people think Phoenix. Phoenix has been good for a long, long time. Yep. Other than that, that stint, Phoenix was very good on and off for a long time, right? Decades, yeah. Decades, right? And then it just got weird with different GMs and different coaches. And you just got away from the culture of it, right? You want to invite people in that wanted to bring some other culture there when you needed to say, what has it worked for Phoenix? And we're going to continue to do this. Just add the right players, add the right talent. Um, You know, don't reinvent the wheel. And right, right now, look at, look at what Bonnie Williams did. Right, he came in there Had a great yeah. and, and established culture and was like, Hey, we're going to play like this. We're going right. to be scrappy. We're going to play. Uh, The way we need to play and go win some games.
1: Now, they are still looking for an owner. Did you and Richard Jefferson want to throw your name in the ring or?
0: Listen, the way my bank account is set up, (laughs) I definitely can't. But as a liaison, as an opportunity to be in there and give my two cents, I'd love that opportunity. I know Richard would, too. Um, You know, as guys that grew up in Arizona, watched the Suns, uh, you know, was buying Kevin Johnson. Hexa like Converse shoes, right? <laughs> like, I mean, everyone knows those bad boys. Right. I mean, for me, it would mean a lot because I don't want, I don't want anything in return. Maybe some gear, some free gear, and maybe like a free beer.
1: At least they could do. Like,
0: right. You love free gear, but for me, it's just about I want the kids to to have a team they can look up to that has a chance to win, and that will inspire them to play basketball like the Suns inspired me.
1: Hmm. Now. Uh, won't keep too much of your time, but we we're talking some before air. Uh, can you tell me more about the, this wine business you got going on? Oh. Chosen
0: fam wine. Yeah. Chosen family wine. So for me, um, when I told the NBA and the, and the league I was retiring, you know, my wife was like, you're a busybody. What are you going to do? <laughs> and she's just like, you know, yeah, TV, but like, what are you going to do for you? That's not basketball. This is like mm-hmm. your opportunity to do something. And so, You know, the long story short of it was that like, I love going to dinners, talking, meeting new people, uh, like connecting with people. I'm a very empathetic person. I like being around big you group, nice groups, listening, talking, getting different opinions. And when I was doing these things, the thing that was the one thing that was in the middle of all of it was a bottle of wine. And I'm not saying that people were doing it to get drunk. I'm saying when you put a bottle of wine in the middle of a table, there are three things people ask. Why'd you bring it? Where is it from? And where'd you like? Have you ever been there? And most of the time, you have a very, most of the time, you that are like, oh, I just like the label, or you have a story. I went there with my wife. We knew the winemaker. It was There's something
1: to it. Yeah.
0: There's always something to it. But what never happens is people make, people are wrong. And a lot of times when you get into conversations, it becomes very divisive, right? Mm. This guy, that whether that's politics, Jordan or or LeBron or, you know, who's the greatest or who's the best team of this. I didn't want to be about that. I wanted to be about connecting. So, and I also feel like for, as a young black man under 40, I wanted to move the wine industry in a way that was representative of myself and my, and my business partners. Mm. And also do it our way, but respect them. Like say, hey, You've inspired me to be special. Now let me be special in my way, but also giving them credit. So yeah. Chosen's not your regular uh, wine brand. We work with other wine brands mm. to tell their stories also. Um, and we're trying to make the wine from the Willamette Valley accessible for people and to show them that like this is what wine a quality of wine is supposed to taste like from the Willamette Valley. Um, and Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and what other varietals we use.
1: So I, I guess where can people find it? Like We were, like uh, we were looking Family to taste Wines. some of that Chosen uh, Family wine totally.
0: Yeah, yeah. ChosenFamilyWines.com right now. Uh, we've started conversations with distribution. Um, but yeah, like those conversations, getting in Ohio, New York, Arizona, California, those things take time. And, and yeah. we have to get the inventory for that, right? We went from... 125 cases to this year's 3,800. So mm. as we grow, as we start to evolve, I want to make sure people understand our story, know it and, and trust us, not only because I say things and I've done the research and you know I'm the owner and we're working with a great team, but because I value other people's dollars, especially in this space, mm. um, This this, I mean, a high-end good, But I want you to have an aha moment. I want you to enjoy that that bottle of wine while watching the new season of Yellowstone or your favorite basketball team or a special meal with your girl. I want you to trust me that as much time as I put in in basketball, I'm willing to put into uh, this business.
1: Mm. And last question before we let you go. Uh, Mm. Podcast and TV now wine. I guess what's next for Channing Fry?
0: You know what? Uh, Really just trying to do the best I can with those things. Mm -hmm. um finding a balance is where i'm really kind of meditating right now all my kids i have four kids but three of them are playing basketball Mm -hmm. so i don't want to get burnt out on basketball or wine that i don't have enough emotional energy for my family that's not why i retired um but for me it's constantly finding that balance of like injecting energy and emotion into in time and the things that i love the most Mm -hmm. um and also just looking for other investments i always get Every day, I ask my agent uh, to send me stuff, maybe different investments that I've looked at, or I always talk to him about what am I using, what am I, what do I think I could help at, or uh, promote, or be an investor about, or a founder. Uh, so we're just constantly looking for things, man, and and uh, it's been fun. And uh, some things I've invested in over time have been pretty pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, well, a, a very busy man, uh, yeah. Channing Pryor. Thank you. we, we- we thank you for uh, making some time and stopping by the lounge. Yeah. No problem, man. I was already at work, so here we go. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Uh got an open seat anytime. Thank you again, Chad. Thank
0: you, man. I appreciate you guys.
1: Appreciate you, man. Thanks for stopping by the Legends Lounge, brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Give us a follow on Twitter at NBA Legends Lounge and be sure to subscribe and rate the Legends Lounge on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.